Hello and welcome to the Parish Podcast of St. Anthony of Padua Catholic Church in the Woodlands, Texas. We're excited to share with you Sunday at St. Anthony's, a homily message from this past weekend that we hope you'll find enlightening. Thanks for tuning in and praying with us. There was a wedding at Cana in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the wedding. When the wine ran short, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, how does your concern affect me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servers, do whatever he tells you. Now there were six stones water jars there for the Jewish ceremonial washings, each holding 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus told them, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, draw them out now and take it to the head, water, head waiter. So they took it. And when the head waiter tasted the water that has become wine, without knowing where it came from, also the servants who had drawn the water knew, the head waiter called the bridegroom and said to him, everyone serves good wine first. And then when people have drunk freely, an inferior one. But you have kept the good wine until now. Jesus did this as the beginning of his signs at Cana in Galilee, and so revealed his glory, and his disciples began to believe in him. The Gospel of the Lord. We've entered ordinary time. Now most of us, we just think of it, a lot of people when I ask Catholics, tell me about ordinary time. They go, ah, oh, it's that time in between like Christmas and Lent, right? Uh, and I'm like, no, 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 no. Ordinary time is a beautiful time. It's a time, yes, where we've come down from like the mountaintop experience that is the great solemnities of Christmas and Easter, and as well those solemn seasons of Advent and Lent, um, into the time where we reflect on what's ordinary in the life of the disciple, ordinary in the day-to-day -day relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, it's extraordinary still because God still comes to us. God still works in the sacraments. But we're looking at how he ordinarily wants to relate with us, impact our lives, and be with us, strengthen us, make us like unto him in the day in and the day out. We get a, a glimpse of this. It's still part of, of our lived experience in the, the new calendar of the Mass, the one that happened after the Second Vatican Council, uh, it's still participating a little bit in what the old calendar had, the one that's it's still used, but we don't have it at our regular Sunday Masses. Um, the traditional calendar has that we celebrate till Christmas till February 2nd, and all of those times are just continuous epiphanies. We reflected upon this two weeks ago. We had two weeks ago that, that first epiphany that was, again, Christ, God, manifested in his nativity and manifested to the Gentiles, we who are not Jews, to the, where the, the wise men were able to come and worship the Messiah King. Then last week we had that, that next epiphany, which was the baptism of the Lord, where the Lord manifested himself 
and his divinity in hearing, like the Father, speak to the Son, you are my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And where the Lord, like, brought to completion and something new by establishing the waters of baptism, by having his humanity washed, now all of humanity could be washed and joined to divinity in now what was no longer just a mere ritual washing of John the Baptist, but now has become a sacrament where he chooses us each as his beloved. And then today, in the first Sunday that we celebrate in ordinary time, we meditate now upon the epiphany of his divinity at the wedding at Cana, where he manifests himself publicly as God in the great miracle he works. Now, why do I mention all this? Because those epiphanies are all very much tied together, especially those last two. The church puts us meditating upon the wedding feast at Cana to help remind us again of the type of covenant, the type of relationship that God wants with us. Something like a marriage. As we heard in that first reading, he calls us his own. He is a groom on pursuit of us, his bride. If we doubt it, let's only look at the gospel and ask a question. Why? Always a good thing to ask when we look at scripture. Why? Why is God's first miracle at a wedding? Why is his first miracle at a wedding and he produces an abundance of wine through a miracle? Why, if he is, he, if he is the way, the truth, and the life, which he says he is, so that we can have the truth, why isn't it just some, why isn't it like a great sermon where he works a miracle? So that people could see like, oh, everything he's saying is true, I should believe it. Why if, he, if he's also the, the one who came to set us free from sin and the devil, why isn't it some gigantic exorcism? Why isn't it if he's come to heal the sick and the leprous and those who have all these physical ailments, why if he is the divine physician, why isn't it a gigantic healing? Why not those things? Is it just because he's like a, good, a good Jewish boy and did what his mom wanted? No, that's not what it is. Now, he is a good Jewish boy, but he is God, too. He is God, and everything he does, he's intentional about. He knows it's good. He desires it right then and there. If anything, if we want to just stop and pause and look at that interaction between him and his mother Mary, and actually we need to back up and even look at that directly, the English translation here, pretty bad. It sounds very condescending. What he's actually saying in the Greek is he says woman, which note, that's a very important thing, because who was called woman first? Eve. He's already pointing out she's the new Eve. And what's he going to call her at the cross? Woman. When he gives her, us, woman, as mother, so that we have the new Eve as mom, the mother of all the living, he says, woman, and the Greek is, what is this to you and to me? My hour has not yet come. He's speaking to his mom, like trying to point out to her, because he knows that she knows, because she's a good Jew, she knows the prophecy in Isaiah 25, that when the age of salvation comes, when the Christ is at hand, he who is spoken of as the divine bridegroom, God, as groom, coming for his bride, which is spoken of in Isaiah 62 today, that when he comes to espouse his people to himself, it will be a great wedding, and there will be an abundance of wine. She knows this. He knows she knows this. And so he says, woman, 
mother, new Eve, one who perfectly loves God, you want me to start moving towards that wedding feast? Because she also, as a good Jew, knows the other things spoken of that we talk about in Lent. That in Isaiah, it's prophesied that same divine bridegroom will be the suffering servant. And so it's kind of a moment where, very intimate, where he's going like, Mom, you know what this means, right, for you and me? If this is the beginning, and I'm going to show him like what we're headed towards, the divine, the wedding feast of the Lamb... It means I'm going to be going into the suffering. Those prophecies that Simeon told you, that a sword will pierce your heart, you're asking for it. And we're headed there. Are you ready? And then what does she, the new Eve, do? The exact opposite of what the old Eve did. Who did whatever she wanted. She says to the head steward and to all of us, do whatever he tells you giving us that command, follow him, entrust your heart to him. He is the groom. He's the one who loves you. He's come for you. Do everything he says, no matter hard, it's how hard it may seem. It's all for love of you. This is what we remember in ordinary time, that he has come, that he has come on mission for us. He is not just the great exorcist. He is not just the divine truth bringer so that we can walk the way and have the truth and have the life. He is not one to just come and take away suffering and heal people. No, he reveals himself today as lover. Lover of you. Lover of your soul. In all your sin, in all our brokenness, he loves. And he's on mission. As we prayed in that opening collect to do what? Restore peace. Peace is not that absence of war or hurt or suffering. No, peace is being in total union with him and he's come as groom to unite us to him so that we may be restored to what was lost in the garden we may be in that deep intimate relationship that spiritual marriage with him if we don't see that that's one of the reasons why mary's like do it son show him make that first miracle to wed him show him what's coming and so, too, the church saw this. This is why she put the baptism of the Lord right before this. Because what happens at the beginning of a wedding week in, Ju in Judaism? The bride is washed. That's what John the Baptist, who describes himself as the best man of the bridegroom, is doing. Washing the bride. And Christ goes into those same waters so that no longer is it just some ritual cleansing. Now it becomes something greater than what was before. Now it becomes a sacrament, a means by which he will give his life. He will betroth us to himself. He will begin to, again, join us in that, that family, that family bond. He will clothe us in a garment of salvation, that garment of his household. And if we'll stay there, if we'll stay there, keep responding to his commands, doing whatever he tells us, we're able to enter into the consummation of that love. That's why he says, as we've reflected before, at, at the cross he says, not it is finished, it is consummated. He's consummating the marriage there. While the bride has been washed, now he gives his body to his bride so that we may have it in this life and please God the next. Now if we think that's it, it's not. That's why the church gives us our second reading today. Because he's chosen you as his bride, because he loves you so dearly, he wants to lavish you. He wants to pour forth his spirit upon you 
to renew the face of the earth, to give what was greater than what was given in the Old Testament, to do signs and wonders, to give an outpouring of the Holy Spirit greater than what was ever given. He wants to clothe you, to share, as we heard in that gospel acclamation, so that you may share in his glory, that he may glorify you, so that as you, as the end of Mass, we reflect, go in peace, you are an epiphany of him. You are Jesus in the world because you are so united in flesh and because he has given you some participation in his spirit. This is what he desires for each of us in some way, shape, or form to bring us that peace, that unity with him that we may go in peace and share him with the world. This is the great adventure. This is the great love affair, the grandest love story ever told that he invites us into. And this is what we reflect upon in ordinary time. We reflect upon how we can respond to that, that great love story. We can reflect upon it and we can examine how we're doing um, by asking questions. Yes, of course, we know that if, if we've mortally sinned, if we've done one of those great grave sins, we know we have, we have basically committed a spiritual adultery. We have turned against him. And thanks be to God, again, he gives us that sacrament of reconciliation to come back to say sorry to our groom, the lover of our souls, so that we, the bride, may be forgiven. But if we want to just maybe try a different sort of examination, we can look at it through the eyes of a marriage. How are we doing in our marriage? Have we grown like kind of lazy? Do we, are we just asking our beloved for things all the time? Or do we lavish him with sweet words, with loving words, with thanks, with praise? Do we, do we just only quickly like say our prayers or do we spend like quality time with the lover of our soul? Do we do little acts of service, little acts of love, little things to say like, here you go, little sacrifices, whatever it may be, to love him, to show him we love him? In terms of like physical union, like that thing that's appropriate for married couples, do we just come to Sunday Mass because it's an obligation, just kind of going through the motions? Are we always seeking, when could I go and be in that physical union with my beloved? Do we think about, when could I go to Mass like an extra time during the week? Because I love him, and he loves me, and he comes and wants to give himself to me. If it's a wedding feast that we come to, so too we might want to ask, like, how are we, as we heard within our psalm today, he desires that we be clothed in holy attire. How do we dress when we come to the wedding feast? Now, I'm not sitting there saying, look around. No, we can't judge somebody else. Maybe their best is like what we would wear every day. But are we? Do we come to this wedding feast as when we go to weddings, right? We dress up. So do we dress for this wedding feast where the groom presents himself to us? And I'm not just talking externally either. How do we prepare our hearts? As every bride prepares like a lot, I know from doing a marriage prep, like they do a lot of preparation for marriage, right? How do we prepare for this wedding feast, for our wedding feast with the Lamb? We can ask lots of different questions, do an examination of in so many ways to see if we are ordinarily good lovers of him. The key, again, to understand whenever though we do an examination of consciences is, is to realize that our life, the sacraments, the commandments, all that God gives is, is not arbitrary, it's for love. He's calling us again to that deep, intimate, abiding relationship. All that he gives, all that he's revealed to us, again, and even given, our life, our sacraments, the liturgy, the mass, everything, is all gift 
his all gift for love of you. He loves you beyond your wildest dreams. He desires you, he says in scripture, as he spoke to us today. He desires you more than a human groom desires a bride. He loves you for better, for worse, in sickness and in health, and he will love you. and He will and does honor you and cherish you forever. The question we ask in ordinary time is, will we, will we, and will we do so by doing whatever he tells us?